If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Friends, to the show that never ends. This is Wayback Playback, episode number 274, as this week we bring you the first hour of NWA Clash of Champions 6. Hello, you people. I am Pat McNeil, joined by the other half of the podcasting tag team champions of time and space, Mr. Jim Valley. And uh, Jim, before we start, um, we, we had a tie vote this week uh, as we voted for the episode of the Wayback Playback. And uh, the guy from the uh, Wayback Playback fan club wants in on, on this. Uh, Michael, are you there? I am here. Thank okay. you for having me. No problem. This is Michael Saget from the Wayback Playback Fan Club. Now, Michael said that he, he thought as president of the Wayback Playback Fan Club, he should get some input on this. Is that right? I, I did suggest that. I did. Okay. So, um, let's see. Well, what I was going to suggest, and, and, and maybe, maybe, what I was going to suggest is that the uh, selection that was chosen by the listeners should get priority, and we should do that one. And which one was that? Refresh my memory. That would be a Clash of Champions 6. And the listener who suggested it, by the way, was Michael Saget. <laughs> that that was like a year or so ago, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's true. Did you change your mind that since then? That is true. Uh, no, no. I, I was a big fan of the F. Flair Steamboat Trilogy, so that is one that I suggested. But, you know, Jim's plea last week to have the Mega Maniacs Explode episode for Starcade. You know, it, it really confused me on which way to go when I voted. Oh, okay. Well, I don't. I don't think anybody's Jim. Do you do you feel confused? Yeah, but I'm so used to it by now. I don't even think about. It. All right. So yeah, we so Clash Six would be an excellent choice. Oh, absolutely. Okay. We have, we have your approval. All right, thank you, Mike. And uh, yeah, in the bylaws, in the bylaws, I'm writing that uh, I, I I will break that tiebreaker with that. Okay. All right, Michael. <coughs> Excuse me. If we have bylaws, I feel I feel like we should have really cool hats like the Flintstones and the Order of the Water Buffaloes. That would be great, actually. Yeah. Uh, see, well, we can we can start a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter if you like. Oh well, get other people's money. That that. Okay, I guess we can do yeah. that. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, we, that sounds like a plan. All right, we'll get we'll get hats made for everybody. Um, what are you suggesting? A water buffalo shape, Jim? Will that be fine? You know, I guess we'll have to think about it for a little while. It's so important, we may want to give it a little time to come up with a design. I'm just saying something that has the kind of impact of the helmets with the horns that are furry of the uh, Royal Order of the Water Buffalo. Okay. I like it. 
All right, Michael. Well, thank you very much for checking in with us, and uh, we finally get to pay off for uh, pay you off for buying the uh, for buying a Wayback Playback T-shirt, which are available online. I, I have to put the link up again, but yes. Well, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Nice to talk to both of you. Okay. Take care, Michael. Michael Scott, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good holiday. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. It's not really a holiday, but okay. All right. Now, uh, so, Jim, are you ready to hop into the Wayback Machine and watch the worst drawing show in the history of the Superdome? Absolutely. We're going to make it happen. I, have we, we haven't done this before. Are you sure? Really? Yes. I'm, this Reason- time I'm not even joking. Reasonably, yes, we haven't done this before. We did we did the first and third matches of the Flare Steamboat trilogy, but not the second one. Are you sure? Because didn't we watch yeah. Junkyard Dog and Butch Reed and they went through the Superdome? No. Really? No. We did not do okay. that. Okay. Alrighty, then. I, I, don't, I must be imagining something. Probably. Uh, let us take you back to Sunday, April the 2nd, 1989. This is the NWA Clash of Champions 6 at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans, where there are a whopping 5,300 people in attendance. And, and Jim, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the Superdome can seat more than that. That's what I hear. As in considerably more than that. Um, in fact, this is, yeah, the worst drawing, uh, worst wrestling audience in the history of the Superdome. And uh, as a result, and that combined with the lowest ratings in the history of Clash of Champions, led to George Scott being fired as the booker of the of uh, World Championship Wrestling. Because, you know, when, yeah. when Hurricane Katrina could put more people in the Superdome, you've got a problem. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, so George Scott came on, I believe, at the start of 89. And, uh, you know, he had some decisions that worked out well, like bringing back Ricky Steamboat and bringing back Terry Funk. And some decisions that did not work as well, like bring back the Iron Sheik, for example. Uh, so George Scott not, did not quite get the concept of Clash of Champions and didn't understand why you'd be putting Flair and Steamboat on free television when you were trying to sell for Flair and Steamboat in the arenas and Flair and Steamboat on the next pay-per-view. So he did not really promote the show. Uh, now, that was something that, you know, now, Jim Hurd and TBS, obviously, they, they there were commercials on there. There was a special on the Friday night before the show on TBS to promote the show. Uh, they, they did announce it, but yeah, still yeah, didn't get quite the, uh, the big push that they were hoping for from uh, World Championship Wrestling. On top of which, they somehow didn't promote the show locally in the New Orleans area, which is how you get 5,300 people in attendance. Uh, the, the record, by the way, for the Superdome for wrestling show was August 2nd, 1980, 28,000 people showed up, and the main event was a Junkyard Dog beating Michael Kays in a steel cage dog collar match. I'm not making that up. Um, fourth from the top was uh, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, just just for the record. So when so Michael... That, that show that show drew more than WrestleMania 30 did? Uh, yeah. I think well, so. Well, I did not know that. Pretty, pretty close to that. Well, wait. wasn't when Didn't they do WrestleMania? Well, this was the old Superdome. Uh, yeah. No, the, the uh, okay. The uh, yeah. These, this is the record going into. The, they have a new Superdome, which is kind of the same thing as the old Superdome. But anyway, th- that was the record going into 1989. Anyway, the uh, yeah. That no, it didn't. It didn't draw more than WWE at the Superdome. They they inflate their attendance, but generally not that much, Jim. Yeah. Okay, so getting back to this. Uh, 
So when Michael Michael Hayes is, of course, announcing the show with Jim Ross, and Michael Hayes might mention a few times during the broadcast that he set the all-time attendance record for wrestling at the Superdome during the broadcast where you can see very few people in the stands. Michael Hayes, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so also going on in the wrestling business at this time, uh, on the same day, it's WrestleMania five in Atlantic City. Uh, 18,946 in attendance, 17,500 paid to see uh, Rick Rude beat the Ultimate Warrior for the Intercontinental title when Bobby Heenan interfered, and Hulk Hogan beat Randy Savage to regain the WWF title. That that show might also be on the network somewhere, Jim. Have you been able to log in yet? I am still waiting on my email. I apologize. I don't know what's going on here. Okay, well, that's okay. I've, I've got lots I of stuff to read. can't even get emails right. All right. The, the previous WCW show was... I'm sorry, I missed that. Oh, I, I said, you know, I've seen this show enough. I could probably, uh, you know, I could, I've seen it enough. I wouldn't know play by play, but I could certainly talk about it if you want to move forward. Okay, well, you can. How, how about you do play by play on the matches that are missing from the WWE Network? Can you do that? It would have me? about the same. It would have about the same effect. Okay. So, yeah, sure, no. Okay, so April first, uh, Saturday, April first in Richmond, they did a show. Uh, Lex Luger, the U.S. champion, beat Ric Flair. And in the main event, the NWA World Tag Team Champions, the Road Warriors, beat uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Dan Spivey. Uh, If you had watched the 605 uh, TBS show, uh, World Championship Wrestling, the day before the clash, you saw Sting finally defeat Mike Rotunda and capture the uh, NWA television title, Jim. And that that was a breakthrough moment. That was a breakthrough moment for Sting. He's finally got a belt after, I don't know, after what over a year in WCW? Yeah. Okay. Up. Jim's still working on this, folks. All right. Meanwhile, the AWA is in Rochester, Minnesota, on March 25th. That is our last preview show. They did a television taping where somehow Tommy Jammer fought Colonel De Beers to a draw, and uh, in in the uh, high point of those tapings. The Olympians defeated Bad Company to win the AWA Tag Team titles. Jim, do you remember who the Olympians were? No idea. Uh, that'd be Ken Patera and Brad Riggins. The Olympians, yes. right? Of course. Yes, you remembered. You just didn't care, like most people. It didn't end well. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, uh, CWA Memphis Mid South Wrestling still going. Uh, the Monday before this, uh, March twenty seventh. You had Lord Humongous defeat the Master of Pain, or otherwise known as Sid Vicious defeating The Undertaker. And in the main event, it was Jerry Lawler beating Joe Daniels by disqualification. I'm going to actually have to look this up since I have no idea who the heck Joe Daniels is. Jim? Um, I don't know. Is it a... Is a oh, is Boy Gone Bad. He's called, I... also known as Boy Gone Bad. <laughs> I would say he's Boy Gone Nowhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, he actually, uh, he actually worked, yeah, that's, that, that's what he was known as in the WWA in New Jersey, where he is, uh, where he was based out of. So, yeah. So, yeah, obviously he was pretty much. Challenger of the week for Jerry Lawler in Memphis. Pretty much anybody could, could, uh, could fight their way into a Memphis title shot. So, yeah. So, yeah, Joe Daniels, folks. Uh. World Class Championship Wrestling had a show on Tuesday the 28th in Brownwood, Texas. Uh, and, of course, we have no results from the show because I guess that's that's how we go. But uh, let's see. On that show, it was Chris Adams versus Buddy Roberts in a bad street match. 
and the main event was uh, Kerry Von Erich and Eric Embry against the uh, Botswana Beast and Killer Tim Brooks. So obviously uh, the rest of the business doing just great. You know, this is um, this is just kind of what was happening in that time period. It's the the demise of the territories. You can see them pretty much uh, withering on the vine. That's that seems fair. All right, so well, this is this is kind of awkward because I'm at zero minutes and zero seconds, Jim. Yeah, when you said you wanted to start and talk to Michael, I thought it had more to do with just recording that at first. I didn't realize we were going in earnest, but we'll oh. be fine. Okay. All right. You think so? All right. We're gonna we're gonna take a stab at it, uh, Jim. Um, let's see here. Well, uh, actually, I'm gonna hit pause because I'm not ready. Yeah. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, I'm Pat McNeil, and alongside Jim Valley, and welcome to Coffee Talk, as uh, Jim and I talk about the wonders of mushroom coffee, as presented by our sponsor, Four Sigmatic. You go to foursigmatic.com, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C. You go to foursigmatic.com slash wayback and enter the promo code wayback, and you can get uh, all of these superfood coffees containing mushroom for less than you will find them on Amazon or at uh, Whole Foods. You know, since you mentioned Coffee Talk, I feel like we have to continue the theme of the old Saturday Night Live sketch and go, the Royal Rumble is neither royal nor a rumble. Discuss. That's right. But actually what we but actually what we do need to discuss is Four Sigmatic. Right. They, uh, they have uh, coffee with lion's mane. Uh, they have mushroom coffee with chaga and lion's mane, which is your go-to morning beverage. It supports productivity, focus, and creativity with only half the caffeine of your regular coffee. And- you know what's amazing about Four Sigmatic? I think I've mentioned this before, living in the Seattle area. there's You, know, you think you have a lot of coffee shops where you live? We do. Au contraire, my friend. But um, the other thing is that this coffee, you know, my wife is huge on coffee. So because she is, she has a different palate than mine. Uh-huh. And this Four Sigmatic, it's got such a great flavor to me, and it's it gives me the, the boost that I want from coffee. I am so surprised by this product. And if, if you want something that I feel tastes great and gives me what I want from a coffee beverage, I would seriously look at Four Sigmatic. Yes, uh, it's better than your regular old cup of coffee. 
uh, includes uh, chaga mushrooms, which support the immune system. And uh, you can also, of course, use uh, nut milk, natural sweetener, anything you use you know, regularly during coffee. Uh, and it's available in single-serve packets, tins, and even the, uh, even the K-cup coffee pods. Uh, Four Sigmatic has thought of everything. And if you use the promo code WAYBACK, you can save uh, 15% off of your first order and uh, free shipping on uh, foursigmatic.com. Yeah, I'm, you know, the you might sit there and go, because it came from a different country, you might think, boy, that name, what does this all mean? And you know something? It doesn't even matter. The product is great. Yes, Four Sigmatic, uh, legal, healthy mushroom-based drinks benefiting your immunity, energy, and longevity. Go ahead and try it out, foursigmatic.com slash wayback, and then use the promo code wayback to save 15%. All right, so I am at zero minutes, zero seconds. Uh, Jim, are we, are we ready now? I'm ready, sir. Okay, then we're going to go ahead and hit play together in three, two, one and here we go and by the way this is the debut of the uh world championship wrestling theme song for for 1989 through 1991 you'll know it because they just play the crap out of this for the next two and a half hours gotta get your money's worth i really like the uh the graphics in this era i thought this was kind of cool yeah it was it was an improvement that's the first set of graphics that you know turner had put together Things were a mess backstage, but as a fan, I took that as a sign. Steamboat is a sign that maybe things were getting better. Right. Completely wrong. Got my got my whole world was crushed. <clears throat> for a moment, we had hope. Here we go. Let's get that shot of a darkened a darkened Superdome. If you didn't know better, you'd swear they were at NXT. Yeah. Well, that's lit better. So. All right, ten, 10 great matches, of which we will see um, not all of them, because uh, a few of them are missing from the network version of this. <laughs> and I, I don't know why they're missing. Um, we're, we're going to do the first three matches here for, for this episode, and then we're going to uh, take a pause and head over to the episode of World Championship Wrestling where, they're re- where they replay the finish of the tag team title match that we don't get to see on this. Does that sound fair? I know one thing that's not missing. Uh, hair mousse from Michael Hayes' yep. hairstyle. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. You know who... He has like the uh, hairstyle of the Mandrell sisters. Yes. He, he could be like another one. So, so Michael Hayes might have missed the production meeting because he was on Bourbon Street last night. Hanging out with Terry Funk and Luthez. Gene Kaniski, Sam Mushnick. Wow. And Pat O'Connor. And they're all heading out to Applebee's, so that's that's nice. Well, they do have a senior special. Yes, I know. I have no idea where that is. Yeah, okay. Buddy Rogers. Yep. Gosh, look at all that history. I know. So many giants there. So let's let Jim, with all those guys in cut promos, let's let Jim Hurd talk. Exactly. Look, do I show up at the Pizza Hut meetings and try to talk about it? No, I don't. No. He needs to get out of there. No. You're Dory Funk Jr., yep. Oh. And Harley Race. <laughs> I'm not saying everyone is old there, but when Terry Funk's the youngster. Yeah. 
Well, the important. Well, they uh, did. They did learn the important thing at TBS. George George Scott learned let the boss on television as much as possible. Yep, and something TNA learned very well. Yes. I feel like Jim Hurd is where it got got his outfit on loan from Jim Ross. Doesn't Jim Ross wear that a lot of this time period? Yes, uh, he does. I I I feel I remember Jim Hurd best as uh, Captain Mauser from uh, Police Academy Two. I'm just surprised you remember Jim Hurd. Yeah, well, it's hard. A lot of people a lot of people have tried to forget Jim Hurd. Michael Hayes is every woman named Tanya in the 1980s. Every bearded woman named Tanya. Hey, let's not body shame, Pat. Okay, you're right. Right, yep. Oh, and Jim Ross is explaining to people who Terry Funk is. Okay, let's let's preview the show. Actually, we're not going to preview the show. We just have a video package. But it's okay. Sting, there's the Road Warriors. Dan Spivey. Ranger Ross. Well, uh, Rick Steiner. Okay. This seems like, one, it's kind of odd, and two, it's kind of... If we're watching this deep into the show, we're probably already hooked, right? You would... Well, you'd think. Yeah. And I would... Oh, go ahead. That's a great motive. You'd also think that if you're watching at this point, you probably haven't ordered WrestleMania, so... Eddie Gilbert. Why is... Why do you pick that stupid thing in the opening? I have no idea. Be a lot Mood of action. Mood, I understand. Smokers, yeah, I understand. Everything but that goofy jump is weird. Paul That's Heyman just... and Jack Victory. Um, not not quite understanding that. So I'm guessing this is somebody's first time playing with the TBS video editing software. Yeah, we we, we really needed a Ricky Steamboat selling for Rip Morgan here. That's so a great idea. So, so Steamboat Wrestling is this is the same show, right? That was that looked like the same. That Steamboat and Rip Morgan, did he wrestle earlier on the show or something? Like a, Rip like Morgan a, is actually scheduled to take on Sting, and, well, anyway. Hmm. Anyway, for the TV title, but that's not important now. Or later. All right, here we go. Police escort room. Wow, Missy Hyatt wearing a shirt made out of the uh, Dixie cup that everyone drank out of in the 90s. Yes, I know. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Lex Luger. All right, there we go. And now from that high energy intro, we go back to... What a great wrestling city this is. Yes. Well, so that's, yeah, after that high energy intro, let's go to the playing of our national anthem. See... And no, they're not going to do the gimmick from the movie Slapshot, where they uh, where they speed up the playing of the national anthem so everybody can get to the fights. Yes, you know what we need? Lots of kids standing around and not paying attention. Nothing says I respect my country more than I leave my hat on. That's right. Why kids thirty years ago? What the hell is wrong with them? I have no idea. 
I was just I was going to ask you because we were about that age, right? Okay, yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay, Boomer. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to work that in there somewhere. Okay, uh, we got late. late <laughs> Look at those. Whoa, whoa, man. Oh boy, you're going to blind people are sitting for the national standing for the national anthem, and you're going to blind them at random. Uh, look at that. In 1989, very impressive. Today, like a laser pointer could do that. Yep. Hey, oh wait, we got fireworks during the national anthem now. All right. So there goes the entire WCW pyro budget. No, I'm yep, just kidding. It's, I'm it's, kidding. We love America, but only about $300 worth. <laughs> Time for our opener. Oh, look, we cannot do this um, match justice. So if you want to hear all of the backstory, just listen to any Jim Cornette interview ever. And yes. he'll fill this in for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then all you can just listen to the Jim, uh, the Jim Cornette one for the timeline of 1989, where he just rips George Scott for about a half hour. That's good, too. Only a half hour. You got the abbreviated version. He spends the other half hour ripping Jim Hurd. So that makes up the hour. I know that Jim Jim Cornette felt like, you know, he was kind of useless here and they didn't fit. But as a fan, they'd been heels for so long, you kind of want that in any baby face, whether they feel it or not. Or any yeah. heel, whether you feel it or not. You, you know, they, they've been around so long, you kind of get used to them. They have cool moves. You kind of, over time, regardless of how you feel about heels and baby faces, kind of come to respect them. It, it felt fine to me. You know, the problem, uh, according again, according to Cornette, but I think I think some of this is borne out is um, once George Scott came in, he had he had no idea who the uh, Midnight's were because they weren't a tag team in 1979, and uh, started bearing them. And Cornette didn't li- and her didn't like Cornette and wanted Cornette to not be a manager and wanted him as a full-time broadcaster for reasons I, I guess I can't understand. So he was trying to bury the Midnights. So, yeah. Here we, but anyway, here we go. We open up the show with uh, the Midnight Express and the Samoans, which is a fine way to open up a show. At least you would think so. Samu suffering some uh, health problems, just uh, had a surgery. Was it, I believe it was a uh, liver replacement. Is that right? That sounds right, yeah. So, best of to all to Samu. Good guy. Right. Okay. And, of course, we have uh, Heyman and Cornette in their respective corners because they've been feuding with each other since Heyman arrived. Oh! Okay. And here we go. I mean, this this is a lineup, you know, this show had a lineup that should have done well and should have drawn better, I think, than, than what I was we got really excited. I was really excited for this show. Yeah. This is probably, you know... Bell to Bell, arguably the best clash from a wrestling standpoint. From a wrestling standpoint, out of the first six, yes. And um, but again, it drew the it had the lowest rating out of the six. Yet, hi there. Yet somehow the rating was uh, good enough that uh, Time Warner Cable complained about 
them eating into the Wrestle buy rate for WrestleMania five, which led to the awkwardness of Time Warner contacting uh, contacting World Championship Wrestling and said, "You're never going to pull a stunt like this again." You know, interfering with a interfering with a major wrestling pay per view. Despite the fact Vince McMahon did it first. Well, they they stopped. They they ruled that Vince. They decided that Vince couldn't do it either. So. And they did manage to keep the pay-per-views separate from that point on. Yeah, Royal Rumble, anybody? Royal Rumble? Well, Royal Rumble 1990, you know, didn't interfere with anything. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean yeah, 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 but I mean, that happened, but obviously the, the cable people said, well, that's in the past, you know. Royal Rumble, Starcade, yeah, that sort of thing. Okay. Stan Lane here, looking like they put Triple H in a dryer. <laughs> yep. I have no uh, idea what happened over there. Uh, they... Corn- Cornette yeah. apparently swatted somebody with a tennis racket. <laughs> Are yeah. you sure? It just it wasn't so dark he couldn't see. He did it by accident, maybe. Well, no, that and the camera, that, that and the director missed the shot, which is pretty much par for the course. But yeah, but I mean, Michael Hayes told everybody what happened. So, and here we go. But uh, yeah, it was about this time that they came up with the entire uh, dynamic dudes and uh, the the deal where Cornette would be managing the dynamic dudes, which. Um, which actually ended up working out nicely for for Cornette because they could the Midnight's could turn on the dynamic new dudes later, where they which would make them actually ironically even bigger baby faces than they were at this point. But yeah, Fatu and Samu, um, the Samoan SWAT team. And uh, yep, they were uh, they're pretty hot. They're a pretty hot team at this point. They'd gone through uh, world class and let's see, and made their way into uh, into the NWA. And yep, they'd stay. Uh, they they keep using them. You know, they'd keep using them throughout '89 and got themselves into a feud with the Road Warriors, which is pretty much what any tag team in that company wanted to do. So there you go. They just kind of have a generic Polynesian wrestler look. They do. They kind of needed something, I don't know, something to give them more of an edge. I don't know what. Maybe, I don't know, something to give them a, you know, make them seem, I don't know, angry, more intense, something to give them an edge, more of an edge. Okay, so, how about a cell phone? No, that doesn't work. Well, the problem is, is they're big and strong, but eventually you're going to get tired of holding one of those phones in this era. Yeah, I know. You got to carry the bag. It's mm-hmm. just there's a lot of work going with that. Thirty years ago, absolutely. 
Okay, so Michaels Hayes has decided to be every heel announcer ever. I respect Michael for his career and a lot of his knowledge, yeah. but I was never on board with him being considered like one of the great talkers. He always seemed to me like he would just take lyrics from some song within the past 15 years and just use them in his interviews. And I, I never got it. I'm not saying if you think so, cool, no problem. But to me, I was like, I don't see it. How about quantity of talking? Because he talked a lot. But there's also kind of a difference between young Michael Hayes and the Michael Hayes sort of, I don't know, maybe uh, 86 and on. But the first probably five years, Mm -hmm. I can see that. But after that, mm, kind of go through the motions, in my opinion. Okay. He's got a a charisma. So, So you don't think 1989 Michael Hayes was the right choice to replace the departed Barry Windham there as the number two heel. If you are in a, if you're the guy who founds an act, the Freebirds, yeah. and someone decides to add a better wrestler to the act you founded, that might tell you something. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um. I don't have a problem with Michael Hayes. I mean, I think that when he kind of put on some weight, and still continued to do the pelvic thrust with his with his ring entrance. He's the embarrassing uncle at your wedding. But other well, than that's, that, that's a gimmick. Yeah. I don't know. Is it a he gimmick? was literal. And then to, in two thousand two, he was literally the embarrassing uncle at the wedding. Right. Right. How does he keep his job seriously sometimes? I don't know. He must be really useful. Either that, or he has some great blackmail material. I don't know. He must be useful. Yeah, he's, he's probably useful. Oh, the Midnights are cheating. Oh, no. What were the odds? Oh, Jim Cornette. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, I mean, Cornette knew what he was doing being the babyface manager. Um, they, they also had the problem with was that uh, when when uh, Turner and Jim Hurd took over, they implemented, you know, uh, NWA, the Crockett's Jim Crockett promotion, they, they lost a lot of money. Would that be fair? In 1988? So uh, <laughs> cost-cutting measures were implemented, and one of those measures was not taking the managers on the road for shows. Which is, okay, you know, part of part of going out to see the wrestling show is wanting to see the same acts that you see on television. Plus, when you know, when you're sending the Midnight Express and the Samoan SWAT team, for example, out on the roads to face each other, and Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman aren't there at ringside with them, it sort of takes something away from it. Yeah, I think it's worth the expense in that case. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here we go. We're going for the... All right. right. Two. Only two. Usually I hate the wrestling formula of the person who loses the fall um, gets the majority of the offense. Mm -hmm. But because the Midnight Express are the baby faces and they're smaller, 
this feels like they're chopping down the tree that they're just, you know, yeah. continuing in an effort to repeatedly try to injure the Samoans to a level where they can win the match. Mm-hmm. In this case, it makes sense to me. Right. I mean, I think, you know, everybody involved in this match is a professional and they, they put together something good. Maybe that would have helped the Samoans more if they won more matches in on television in a road warrior fashion. Yeah. Probably would have. Yeah, but they, I mean, a lot, I think some of the problem, which is a, not a problem that the Usos have, by the way, but some of the problem is they're, you know, they're young and they're, yeah, they're young and they can obviously do things that uh, the other, that the previous generation couldn't, but they're doing a lot of the same Samoan offense. Right. The Usos problem is that they need to use Uber more often. That's true. That is. At one point, the Usos will be back uh, on television, I'm sure. Or if not Uber, then Lyft, I think, would be fine. Yeah, they need to... They, they, that's not a good thing. They need to... Or, or they actually, make it up, they need to be more careful. Actually, they're getting they're, paid enough that they could even afford a taxi cab if necessary. Right? Right. Bobby Eaton right here, by the way, looking like uh, every woman in a tavern jacket playing video poker. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Bobby Eaton's, you know, Bobby Eaton kept the same look for a long time, which, yeah. I mean, like Stan, Rich not, that, not that Stan Lane didn't, but, yeah. Like Ricky Morton, that's what I want. Well. I don't want him to change. Right. Well, Ricky, have... I, I wouldn't say Ricky Morton's kept the exact same look, but it's it's been close. You know how your grandma had the exact same look like she had when she was younger? Same no. thing. I want that. It's oh, okay. comforting to me. Okay. By the way, they just had a, or they're going to have a Bobby Eaton Appreciation Night. Oh, they are? Great. Yeah, like in Alabama, some show somewhere. I don't know. Well, that's long overdue. Every night should be a Bobby Eaton Appreciation Night. Yeah. I don't see a problem with that. Jim Cornette said that, uh, like, they'd go to, like, 7-Eleven, like any wrestlers, to go and, right. you know, get food and beverages and Bobby would maybe see someone less fortunate outside, and he'd always give them something. That that's what I'd heard about him. Yes, just to yeah. Listen. That adds just to, that adds to the legend that is Bobby Eaton. Mm-hmm. You want to think he was a nice guy, well, and he is. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard about him for many years. Oh. There you go. That's what you want out of the Samoans. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is also, you know, I mean, manager, I mean, the WWF, WWE largely did away with managers, and and this is where managers can, can make a difference in a match. Uh, you know, Paul Heyman acting as a heat magnet, getting, you know, uh, drawing with the fans, getting upset when the fans make fun of them, that sort of thing. Yeah, really, this match this match is about Jim Cornette and, and Heyman, and the Samoans and the Express are their substitutes. Right. 
And I think part of the issue is when, when Heyman, when Paulie Dangerously got fired from the NWA a few months later, that took away the foil that Cornette was supposed to have as a babyface manager. Uh, yeah, you know, martial arts, um, uh, that's kind of pushing it here for Stan Lane. Not in 1989, it wasn't. Well, that's okay. what people thought martial arts were. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. Are these guys new? Look, in 1989, everyone knows Polynesian wrestlers have hard heads. That's, yeah, I mean, that was understood. Oh, Heyman with a trip? Oh. <laughs> that's just wrestling genetics. That's that's right. wrestling science. Mm-hmm. That's a fact in wrestling yeah. in 89. Oh. And there's nothing more deadly than a loaded tennis racket. Okay, despite the fact Fatu got hit with the racket, he recovered first, so. Hmm. They've, I mean, they've, these guys have done their job. They've gotten the the crowd into the show. I mean, this is already a much better show than the than Class of Champions 5, based on this match alone. Which one was 5? Um, the one where there was no main event, but Flair got to make fun of Ricky Steamboat. On oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but that, that built, to the, built to the pay-per-view, but it, yeah, you're it right. It did, but yeah, it wasn't much of a show. Okay. Well, I mean, well, I mean, not that Ricky Steamboat versus Bob Bradley wasn't a, you know, quality match, um... Oh. And uh, we're, we're, we're getting close to the end for Tommy Young, I believe. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, that match with Tommy Rich. Yep. yep. Well. <laughs> I, I want to be happy like her, Pat. I, I do, too. I, man. I really, seriously, I really do. Mm-hmm. Well, what's not to be happy about? We're, we're getting to do this show. I need to talk to that woman. What's your secret? Yeah. I would read her self-help book. Okay. Does she have an attitude podcast? Because I'm going to download it right now. Yeah. You don't think you don't think her secret is go out and have a few hurricanes and then go to a wrestling show? If that's what it takes, I'll try. Okay. Yeah. I've tried that many times. That's not the secret. Oh, it's not? All right. No, 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 no. What about that book Bob Backlund carries around? That's literally called the secret. I'm sorry. We I'm might, still have, we might get... have gotten off track here. I'm still trying to finish Eat, Pray, Love, so. All right. Well, that's valid. Oh. That woman is like the Diane Lane of pro wrestling in 1989. Bobby Eaton just can't take anymore. He's come in to help his partner, and and ironically, this leads to his partner getting beaten up worse. You'd think these people had never wrestled before. Yes, that's true. 
But this is leading to a storyline where after the match, the Express takes time off. And they actually went to Memphis for several weeks and, uh, and worked there as a way of, you know, as a way of, I mean, well, as a way of making money and getting the storyline over, I guess. Up we go. They had, they had shoot angles in 1989? Oh, yeah. Next thing you're going to tell me is there are people in this arena who understand that this isn't 100% real. There might be a few. That's kind of a weird hot tag. Yeah, well. It worked, though, because he's Bobby Eaton. That's right. Well, again. Jeez, Bobby. Yeah. Oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby, have we learned nothing from this match? Yeah, especially since we just saw that in this match. Right. Oh, no. Okay, Wait, hold on. So you could... Wait. Oh. Headbutt only only Samoan. Head now, if a Samoan hits a Samoan in the head, that's different, I guess. I guess, maybe. yeah, maybe. I don't know. And the slowest save ever there from uh, from Samu. These guys oh. do well together. Yeah, they do. Uh, rocket launcher time. Never like that move. Mm. You could tell that he's not even lifting. That's obvious. Look at that crowd. Nice to man. Hey, um, hey, guys, uh, Stan, Tommy Young. Oh, well. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, no. All the mistakes. Oh, no, he got him with the MCI across the back of the head. Well, it certainly wasn't a sprint. No, it wasn't. Oh, the Samoans get the victory. Mm-hmm. Paulie Dangerously Samoan SWAT team. Not long after that, it would become Tyler Perry's Samoan SWAT team. Well, that's true. Yeah, he owns everything, man. Yeah. That guy's rich. Uh-huh. He has all the money. You know, the problem is when you don't light up the Superdome past the lower level, it looks like you're, it looks like any other building. Yeah. Did you ever see a Tyler Perry's Samoan SWAT team family Christmas? No, oh. I didn't. When, God, was, that? So when, when was that out? 2004, 2005? Yeah. Somewhere in there? I get, yeah, it's out on DVD somewhere. Okay. I'll have to check it so, out. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Is it on Netflix? Um, no, I think Tyler Perry has his own streaming service. Oh, okay, that makes sense. All right, so that was that was a long match, but a good match. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Up next... The Great Muda against some guy. Stay tuned. Have you been to New Orleans? Uh, a couple times. Not recent. Not, not recently, but yeah. I've only been once, and that was to cover uh, the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. So everything was empty when I was down there. Yeah. That, that will change the ambiance somewhere, somewhat, yeah. Oh, my goodness, they have lightning bolts. They're going all out for this show. 
Yeah, they they definitely got um, Lazarium to show up from their local science center. Yes. And there he is, the great Muda with Gary Hart. The great Muda tearing through, uh, yeah, tearing through undercard guys left and right here, en route to a uh, en route to a series of matches against Sting. It is remarkable the relatively short career the great Muda had in the United States, mm-hmm. and he's so remembered. And respected here, you know, he's just at WrestleCade, he's been at StarCast, it's been a big deal. It's, it's remarkable the impact that he had, which is a testament to his talent. Apparently he wrestled George South at, at WrestleCade. You would think they'd, hey, have it's done, the, you, you'd think they'd have done that in 89. I'm sure they did. It's probably the uh, um, uh, Saturday night rematch we've all been waiting for, but didn't know we wanted. Yep. yep. And his opponent... All right, Dallas, Texas's favorite son, Steve Casey. Uh, perhaps better, perhaps better known for his time in Global as Stephen Dane. But yeah. see, I remember him best as Chaka on Land of the Lost. Well, that's true too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. When they came across the greatest earthquake of them all. I, I, is it just that he didn't have charisma? I mean, I was I didn't dislike Steve Casey, but he's, you know he's got a, a look for the eighties. Maybe he's right. a little short, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. all right. Oh my gosh! Look at the lady over the great Buddha's shoulder, like yeah. laying on her boyfriend's. I mean, I'm bored. Yeah, I love him, but I really want this to be over. Yeah. You mean there's more than one match? You mean we got to sit through a second match? Oh, my God. He'll get out of this wrestling phase. I can change him. That part's true. Yeah, look at him. He doesn't even notice her. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Oh, oh, my goodness. Stephen Dane just got Oscar. Oh, my goodness. You hate to see that. It's true. It, it's really sort of a preview of what will happen to Charlotte Flair in the future. Yes, that's true. And I'm not even talking about the mist. No. There we go. Up. Oh, boom. All right. Okay, so somehow the referee just missed the mist. And uh, there we go. But fortunately, Stephen Dane appears to have only taken the mist on half of his face, so I guess we're good. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, Stephen Dane's not bad. He's not bad, no. Technically sound, I think, would be a good way to describe him. And Michael Hayes even putting his old friend Steve Casey over. So, have we? Has he made appearances anywhere, Steve Casey? Uh, you mean like now? No, I, I don't think so. Where where would he appear? Oh, Russell Cade. Well, he, yeah, like some sort of fan yeah, convention. I yeah, know. I don't know. Maybe nobody's called him. 
Yeah, I mean, this is 1989. There, there weren't a lot of guys doing this stuff. Oh, Gary Hart. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, there's yeah. See, that was the thing. There's nobody else doing this. At least not yeah. in uh, not not in the American wrestling scene. Yeah. And also, you know, in those black pants. That's true. All he needs, yeah, a blue shirt, and he can go work at Best Buy. Right. Face paint wouldn't even stop him. No. Right. Okay, so boot to the head. Muda's hair is so thick you're kind of surprised that he's bald now yeah that's true mm-hmm. he doesn't look like he'd be a guy that would go bald here he still makes it work I mean, the when, referee, when he the referee back, looks like he's 15 he does yeah <laughs> I imagine he talks like that kid on The Simpsons. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh. Work on, there we go. Going to get some dragon screw leg whips in and some bouncing the quads and all that stuff. When Great Muda came out at um, the Supercard at Madison Square Garden with um, New Japan and um, uh, hang on, don't t- don't wait, don't tell me, hang on. Um, <laughs> oh right, I forgot. Uh, um, okay, tell me, I, I'm drawing a blank. No, no, Ring of Honor. Oh right, Ring of Honor, right, right. When he came out, when he came out there for that battle royal, the crowd went insane with him in the ring with Liger. Oh my gosh! Yeah, understandably so. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the problem with Muda, the one problem Muda had is every time they brought him back into the U.S. after the after this run, they're like, um, "Could could you not? Could you not be so? You know, could you be dull for a while?" Yeah. You're showing yeah. up the you're showing up the wrestlers who are here every week. So, yeah. oh, oh, they're selling. Oh, they had TBS sports shirts there. That are their kids or the executives? I don't know. Our dad works here, so we have to wear these shirts. Sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Not in the underarm. Oh, 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 wow. See, no one really does this today. Muda's, I mean, that's, in theory, that's kind of ridiculous, but he's, he has so much intensity on it, it yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, I mean, all you need is an announcer, like Jim Ross would say, hey, he's working over the pressure points. Yeah. But even, I, you can even tell just by Muda's body language. Right. You know, he's, he's, he's not injuring anyone or expending a lot of energy, but he's doing enough with intensity that this is plausible. You could buy into yes. this in the logic of a wrestling match. Mm. Mm. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yes, the 35-year-old 35 35-year-old 35 youngster from Texas, Steve Casey. <laughs> That's right. 
This guy, by the way, Steve Casey, literally not to be confused with Scott Casey. Two different people. No, they are two different people. Also, not to be confused with the Steve Casey, the Irish wrestler who won the uh, world title in 36. Not making that. And there was another guy who wrestled as Steve Casey, like, in the 2000s, and that's not him either. Also, not to be confused with female wrestler Ann Casey or Casey Kasem. That's right. And the countdown continues. I did, however, love Steve Casey and the Sunshine Band. God, they were great. Oh, yeah. Man. Do a little job. Get down tonight. Loved it. My favorite. All right, there we go. Finally, one of those kicks hit. Wow. Look at it. And he knows to pause. And he knows where the camera is. Yep. Yeah. Genius. It was a little frustrating when Muda would come back on Nitro and he was just kind of a featured one match special guest. He was a guy, yeah. He could have been, they could have, I, I'll bet you I'm not the only fan. Well, obviously, given by his, his, uh, you know, the reception he's had at events, they could have, you know, if, if Muda wanted to or could make the time, they could have done something longer with him and it would have had impact for sure. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right. They didn't even know, I mean, Jim Ross doesn't even know the term moonsault. So there's like, like a big backflip off the top rope, something. Are we talking about today? What are you, what, you talking about AEW? <laughs> no, I'm not. That is a joke. I love I Jim Ross. I want to make that clear. Okay. Okay. He hits that so well. Oh, gosh, yeah. He hits it better than a lot of moonsaults today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it makes Michael Hayes sound justified for going nuts about this move. So, Yeah, talking about how he's a yeah. diver and the body control. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. Michael Hayes isn't stupid. No, he's not. All right, well, here we go. The, one of the great uh, great rivalries in the history of this area is getting settled. Oh, oh there's a pay-per-view next month. Don't worry about that. And one of the most depressed, probably the most depressing match on this card. Maybe the most depressing match of 89. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, here we are. We're back for more of Rage and Cajun. And uh, speaking, of, speaking of Steve Casey and the Sunshine Band, here they are. No, I'm just kidding. This is so... Okay, here's the reason this is depressing, because Junkyard Dog, as we talked about, was huge in New Orleans. You know, huge crowds for 20, the Super Bowl. 28,000. You know, and, and Michael Hayes and Junkyard Dog did not have a huge national reputation at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was a big deal. And now here we are, and these, you know, even Butch Reed and Junkyard Dog did good business. Right. And so now here we are. Just like I don't know, six, seven years later, and, and he's got the and he's bringing a Dixieland band to the ring with him, and in front of five thousand people, and it's nobody not cares. Main event, yeah, nobody cares. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I loved the junkyard dog because I, I read about him in the magazines, yeah. and you're like, oh my god, that's so cool. You know, he, he was blinded, he couldn't see his daughter, he came yeah. back, and then when he came to WWE or you saw him in Georgia, it's like mm. that guy is awesome. And then I, I didn't know he had substance or demons, right? Uh, substance issues or demons. I was just like, what is wrong with junkyard dog? Why? Where's his intensity? Why is he kind of fatter? Why is he mm-hmm. going through the motions? And I didn't really care about it, care about him as much anymore. So yeah, this is just yeah. just sad to me. It's cool they have a band with him, kind of make him look special, a right. New Orleans that, icon. That, that, I mean, they at least put they put some thought into this, you know. As much as they did in this time period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's probably something we can use in 2019. A wrestler who gets a marching band and marches with them to the ring. But not in like a comical. No way, Jose. Well, that's exactly uh, how they do it. So, yeah. Adam Rose, whatever that guy's name was. Yeah. Um, You know, comic, ironic way. But, like, you know, these are, this is a representation of who I am. I'm proud of this. Mm. This is, you know, where I come from, whether it's New Orleans or anywhere else. You know, something with substance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, just sad. Here we go. Yeah, I, 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 Junkyard Dog was like my favorite for probably a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He was cool, and then he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Okay. One point. Um, apparently, we missed the cue on getting Butch Reed out to the ring. Anybody, anybody seen Butch Reed? Butch? Well, they're still waiting for him for that Intercontinental Championship match. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, here he is. And this is, you know, this is kind of the other thing. Butch Reed was pretty dynamic when he was younger for a few years at WA. Yeah, he was, he was a really hot uprising star. Butch Reed with a noted talker, Hiro Matsuda, leading him to the ring. Noted talker and man who shops at Sears Menswear, Hiro Matsuda. Well, so, so um, we, I think we've discussed this before. So, WWF stole, you know, when they stole Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, and shortly before they stole Barry Windham, they stole uh, James J. Dillon and gave him an office job because they don't really have a use. They didn't really have a use for, you know, it's kind of hard to have James J. Dillon as a manager and being useful when you have. When you have Bobby Heenan and Jimmy Hart, you don't really need JJ. Let's put it that way. It may not have translated to, to what yeah. WWE fans yeah. had come to expect managers. Right. So JJ is gone. So the idea is, okay, well, you know, you know who are great heels in the late '80s? The, the Japanese—they're buying up everything. So we're going to have a Japanese manager, you know, buy up uh, the Horsemen. And the Japanese manager is played by Hiro Matsuda, who is. A, a legit tough guy and trainer of wrestlers, but is not much of a talker. A Florida legend. Yeah. One of the biggest Florida legends. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to get this match, Junkyard Dog and Butch Reed. In case you missed them a couple of years previously in the WWF. Here we go. 
a lot of fans probably do see this as like a WWF burnout match. Sadly. Right. And, and, and Jim Ross is pushing us pretty hard. The history between these guys and, you know, they're both legends. Are they though? I mean, not. I'm not discounting them, but well, in mid. Well, I mean, Jim was the Mid South announcer, and in Mid South, they were both. You know, they yeah, they were both major were, guys. But... So yeah. So I mean, I understand you. You put this over as having some sort of historical significance, of nothing else. It did. Mm-hmm. I wish it still did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. 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 It just Butch Reed. I don't know if that Butch Reed the 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 you know the I don't know uh, how to describe. It. I mean, he was you know really strong, really dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, had a lot of agility too. Arrogant, confident. Right. I'm not sure. That, you know, he would have risen high enough up the card to justify all of that. Maybe that's why they kind yeah. of turned him into Sweet Daddy Seeky, like an update of Sweet Daddy Seeky in WWF. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, what ended up working and bringing and, and rehabilitating him somewhat is they they put him back with Ron Simmons and made them a tag team. Yep. Yep. Oh, out to the and out again goes Butch Reed. And yeah, it's it's again it's kinda hard to push Butch Reed as a killer after, you know. You know especially after he's selling for junkyard dog like this. Butch Reed still has it, you can see that by the right. fact how well he's doing this. Yeah. Cause it's gotta be harder now. Cause JYD not mobile here. You go back, JYD is jacked. In the like 1980, yeah, he's jacked. He's thin. He's got that cobra look. He's good. Right. You know what JYD should have done? What's that? He should have become a vegan, like Ken of Ken and Tech. You know what? That would have that would have greatly uh, lengthened the span of his career, I think. Because and not only that, Ken is just celebrating his fourth anniversary, I believe, of being a vegan, which yeah. shows the kind of dedication and discipline that he brings to watching your pets. Yeah, I'm not going to be a vegan for four days, let alone four years. So, yes, he's, he's very dedicated. He wants to be in the he wants to be in the best condition he can. And not just for bodybuilding, because he, you know, he truly cares about your pets and taking care of them. I mean, people move to Bangor, Maine, just so they can have Ken take care of their pets. You no, know, that, that's true. As a matter of fact, if you go to the Bangor Chamber of Commerce, mm-hmm. Uh, their their slogan is like health, happiness, quality of life, Ken and Tech. That's right. It's right there on the seal. And uh, Ken, you know, I mean, we've we've talked about all the everything that Ken's done over the years. He took a pet CPR, which is which is amazing. He's uh, you know, he, he's gone to he's gone to courses. You know, he's gone to outside courses to learn additional ways to help make uh, pet lives better. And, uh, you know, you can find out all about it over at canontech.com. You can see great pictures of uh, Ken's, of the pets Ken take care, takes care of over at uh, Ken and Tech on Facebook, K-E-N-A-N-D-T-E-K, Ken and Tech on Instagram, lots more pictures. Uh, you know, I mean, Ken's a superstar, and that's why yeah, we're honored to have him as a sponsor. 
He's amazing. Check it out. KenandTech.com. Please do. And, and tell him Wayback Playback sent you. Because he's one of the few people who will know what that means. So that's good. I would like to think Nugget knows what that means, too. Well, Nugget does, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now, oh, here we go. Oh. I feel like Butch Reed's hair is still kind of fried from having to bleach it so long. It probably is. Looks like there's a couple, literally, it looks like there might be a couple of patches that need to still grow in. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Yep. Mm. Anyway, the the pets Ken takes care of doing better than the junkyard dog is at the moment. Getting yes, there's... punched upside the head by uh, Butch Reed. Yeah, the one dog who really would have benefited from Ken and his discipline probably would have been junkyard dog. That's true. But then Ken would be more of a dietitian than taking care of your pets. Yeah, that's true. Junkyard dog. Mm-hmm. Kind of set, yep. Oh, and now Hero Matsuda is going to come in and choke him, which seems unnecessary. Yeah, whenever Junkyard Dog, I see Junkyard Dog and he's wearing these tights with the stars on them. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That's this a bad is sign. A, yeah. yeah, this is the downside of Junkyard Dog. Right. Uh-huh. Yes, uh, yes, look at the technique employed by Junkyard Dog as he uh, as he crimps the neck and, uh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm sorry, Jim, Jim Ross is trying to, trying very hard to get this, uh, this get this whole deal over. Well, and also, Jim Ross has probably seen a lot of the yeah. times when JYD was under the influence of whatever, and you know, he probably has lived a lot of the situations that brought this about. Mm-hmm. How do they... Okay, guys, um, creative meeting right now. We've yep. got a clash of champions coming up. Can you think of the most cliche thing that we could call it? Uh, where is it? Yeah, I, yeah New Orleans probably. I only want to put maybe yeah. 10 seconds of thought into it. What do you think? Uh, okay. Uh, Every Clash of Champions was just yeah. the most derivative, obvious thing ever based on the location. Yes. I'm just glad they never did a Clash of Champions in Nantucket. That, <laughs> I'm kidding. That would have yeah, been bad. That would have been awful, yes. Yeah. So, so this is not Clash of Champions 6, French drawn and quartered. This it is, is uh, not. No. no, it's not. This is a Raging Cajun. Yeah, okay. yeah, by, the end, not... by the end, they just got to Clash of Champions 35. Just watch it already. I think that's what they called the last one. <laughs> they didn't, you know, don't bother... Tying it into your main event or your yeah. pay-per-view. Let's right. do the no. city. Yeah. That too. 
That's kind of amazing, too. The guy who had the longest career in this match was Teddy Long. Absolutely. And he was just a referee here. At this point, yes. He's not evil Teddy Long yet. Nope. No, we're, we're going to get to that, though. Don't worry. I can promise you that. Oh. Oh, no. Poor Jay Whitey. If this match continues much longer, though, Teddy's going to tell him it's time to go one-on-one with The Undertaker. Yep. He's just being Mark Callis here, but still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm surprised he, has, he hasn't said, let's let's make it a, let's make this a tag team match, player. Frankly, it probably wouldn't have hurt anything. Yeah. I barely recognize him without a really long jacket on. I know. Oh, look, look, look. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. You threw him into a hero Matsuda. Well, that's the end of that. The winner of the match, Junkyard Dog. The winner of the match, and in need of some oxygen, Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Yeah, he's really... He's barely did anything. Yes, yeah. Uh, see? Now I'm depressed. I really I'm am. Sorry. I'm sorry, Jim. All right, we're going to try to... Uh, let's see. I don't know if this will cheer you up, but, uh, well, well, the re- replay probably won't cheer you up. Wow. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, did I, oh, I, I meant to say I'm depressed because we're going back to YouTube. That's, that's what I was talking about. Well, we're, we're actually not going to YouTube. Oh, good. Okay, even better. Now I'm happier again. Okay, good. So, but let's, uh, let's put a pin on this after we, uh, get to commercial. Oh. Yes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, yeah, the next one, Okay. Yeah, they're they're teasing Dick Murdoch and Bob Orton. Um, we're we're not. Don't worry, be happy. All right, 1989. <laughs> you are number one. Oh my God, and misspelled. <laughs> of course. All right, there's. Hey, someone will put a sign underneath it with an asterisk that says Y O U apostrophe R E. I certainly hope so. All right, we're gonna stop that here. 57 okay. minutes and 18 seconds now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bored of wrestling podcasts? We still want a little bit of wrestling talk? Well, it's Susie Hello. It's the show for you. We've got music debates, we've got comedy bits, we have some wrestling talk, we've got watch-alongs, we've got actual celebrity guests. Check out It's Usually Hello, the podcast, on YouTube and on iTunes, and all your best podcast and listening devices. It is, without a doubt, the funniest show in the history of podcasting, allegedly. 
And that's not just my opinion, that's also the fake opinions of the fantasy people that I see 24-7. Don't forget to leave the five-star review because there's only so many fake accounts one person can make. We would like to thank Gregoire Lourmet for the use of his track, Run Faster, Jump Higher. You can hear all of his work at jamendo.com or on his website, musicepique.com, M-U-S-I-Q-U-E-E-P-I-Q-U-E.com. All right, now this involves the WWE Network, Jim, unfortunately, so... We're going to oh, back yeah. out far enough that we get to World Championship Wrestling. The, the World Championship Wrestling TV show. The Saturday night. Yeah, no, not Saturday night, just World Championship Wrestling. Oh, oh that one, okay. That okay one, there's, yes. well, I didn't know they did both. Okay, they did both. They have both, they have both of them. Go to 1989. Right. All right. Then you have to go to, I want to say, April the 15th. Yeah, April the 15th. And oh, now, 1989, not the Taylor Swift album. Right, right, okay. And from there, okay. we're going to skip ahead till we hit uh, 14 minutes and 9 seconds. Okay. So, so we can, can see the replay of this thing here. Okay, can I just do shake it off instead? Yeah. I know, why are we... Okay, 14, 14 what? 1409, that's what it says on my notes. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, there's not a good copy of this anywhere. Um, there was a uh, copy of this show on Daily Motion, but it got taken down. And replaced with the version of this show that's already on the WWE Network, which seems kind of unnecessary. Oh, 1409? Okay, well, all right. Hold on, I might have, I might have miscalculated here by a few seconds. Maybe I did this wrong. Yeah, I'm playing it forward. Okay, let's, yeah, let's go ahead to, okay. All right, I'm at, where's this starting? Okay, so, four, okay, we're going to, let's go to 1420. That's where I am. Okay, we're going to hit uh, play together in three, two, one. Okay. Up next, yes, up next, the, the horrible feud between Jack Victory and Randy Rose. Uh, but that's not important now. But look it at was- that shirt. Michael Hayes, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like we're all better for having seen Michael Hayes in that shirt. Yes. He's I'm gonna, just happy he's wearing a shirt. He's going to take you back. To, we're going to take you back to the Clash of Champions so you can finally I see the finish that. of this thing. I love that set. Oh, it's a great set. Okay, so here's the closing moments of the tag team title match, which is not on the WWE Network version. And I don't know why they haven't dug it up yet. You mean the title match in its entirety is not on the network? No, it's not. This is what okay. we're getting. It's not. It's also not on the version of Clash of Champions. Also not on the version of Clash of Champions is uh, Dick Murdoch versus Bob Orton and Ranger Ross versus Iron Sheik. I know, you're heartbroken. I remember what, but the, the, were those on the broadcast? They were on the broadcast, yes. Thought, not, yeah, I remember them. They're not part of the tech. Due to technical difficulties, those matches were not transferred to uh, to the WWE Network. Weird. Yeah, I know. Okay, but anyway, here we are. It's Hawk and Mike Rotundo. We're ready to go to the finish. Steve Williams is wearing blue. Does he not know those are Kentucky colors? Um, he probably does. You'd think well, Mr. Oklahoma would not wear that. Well. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know enough about college football. No, you're right. You're right. 
I, I think there was something where they, I think there was something where the Oklahoma people didn't want them wearing the signet with the the um, singlet with the Oklahoma Oklahoma University logo on it. So sure. maybe that was during this transition here. Oh, here you go, Doomsday Device. It's over. Microtunda's got him. Yeah, my, my Teddy Long was shoved down by Road Warrior Hawk, and this didn't just come from out of nowhere. You know, he had gotten manhandled by Hawk at the uh, Chi Town Rumble, and then during another TV match. So if you've been paying so attention, is... see, yeah. Now that's a fast count, kids. Wait a second, I'm beginning to think he wasn't hurt at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is in fact the the perhaps the best you know fast count in the history of the business. All right, so let's see what the Road Warriors think of that. I haven't seen this interview, but I guess it's going to go something like something, something, telemark, yeah. oh, some sort of weird Well, magic. yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh. Yeah, what a rush. That's, I'm guessing? Good guess. Road Warrior interviews were like these really intense Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. They're in a referee that can stop the Road Warriors. Yeah. The Road Warriors did not have great conflict resolution skills. No, they did not. No. Yes. But don't worry. Uh, yeah, the point of Paul Ellering said he's going to get them a rematch at the pay-per-view. And that they're not going to have to worry about a crooked referee. At the pay-per-view. But tell them, Hawk. They didn't have the luxury of college. No. Yeah. Right. I, you know something? you got to give Hawk credit. He's probably the most intelligent, coherent person on cocaine ever. Yeah. That's true. I don't even know that that's a joke. No. Mm-hmm. Well, there's Jake Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's right. There we go. Okay, so there you are. All right, that that's 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 going to do it for this week. Unless you really, w- I mean, you're welcome to keep watching if you really want to see what goes on between Randy Rose and Jack Victory. I don't know. So much of it will be hidden by the size of Jack Victory's <laughs> ass. I don't you could really enjoy it. I know it's 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 tricky. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, if you'd like to know more about the Junkyard Dog, Butch Reed, the Samoan SWAT team, the Midnight Express, or the Great Muda, you can visit uh, pwtorch.com, wrestlingobserver.com. Uh, figure four on F4W online or head down to your local library where they're all in books. Jim? Uh, more of this uh, show. It's it's actually a really good show. Kind of mm-hmm. maligned because of the situations surrounding it and after. But bell to bell, it's it's quality. So looking forward to it. Yes, we have a U.S. title match. And, uh, oh, yeah, and uh, Ric Flair will wrestle Ricky Steamboat uh, two out of three falls, one hour time limit. And, of course, time permitting, we'll get to uh, Sting defending the TV title against uh, Rip Morgan. Uh, 
But until then, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, next week is another episode. Good night, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.